Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. But the term gifted kids is, or gifted children, is bandied around a lot in society. Um, Some children are truly gifted, though, and they progress faster in academia and they do better. But that can lead to all sorts of problems as well in their lives, because if you have an intellectual or academic gift, it can be difficult for you. And there's a lot of work being done by a place called the Centre for Talented Youth Ireland. And uh, I'm joined by Dr. Colm O'Reilly, who is the director. Colm, good morning to you. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Good. Delighted to have you on. Talk to me about the work that you do first and the children that come to your centre. So we deal with students aged 6 to 17 and they come and take courses and classes at our university but also at various places around the country. So there are classes in UCC and in UL. So uh, these sometimes at primary school will take Saturday morning classes and then subsequently they'll take summer courses in Dublin, sometimes at secondary school where they can stay residentially. And normally they would take courses of things that they would not do in school like say medicine or law or engineering or things that would they'd normally study at third level right so we're talking maybe about what 13 and 14 year olds studying college courses yeah like we kind of find that obviously look we've, we've just published a report recently which is the first kind of psychological profile of gifted students and uh, we found that academically they were saying in school they weren't being challenged enough or they couldn't go into enough depth in the subjects that they were interested in, which is not really a surprise when you think about it because the level of the curriculum probably wouldn't be challenging enough for them. Some of the interesting findings, though, were more on the social side of things in relation to some of the difficulties they have feeling under pressure at certain points and also uh, related to other people perceiving them as different when they find out they're gifted or have high ability. That's where I was going to go with, because I'm aware that the existence of, of that report and some of the findings are interesting. Like, some of them fear rejection. Like, children who are academically gifted and doing all this extra stuff, they enjoy it. The, the actual curriculum is too dull and too boring for them. They enjoy doing the extra stuff. But there's a fear of rejection among them. Yes, I think this is, it comes back to a theory that started in the 90s. It's a really interesting one, which is called the stigma of giftedness. And uh, this was devised by this guy, uh, Tracy Cross and uh, Lawrence Coleman. And they discovered this theory that 
when somebody discovers you're gifted, they'll treat you differently. And the, the, the students themselves feel isolated and feel different because of this. And a lot of them want to kind of have good peer relations. They want to get on with their friends. They want to have normal social interactions. So in those instances, they feel that giftedness hinders them in that capacity. So some of them will go to great lengths to hide their ability. And we, we talked a little bit in the study about the kind of scenario, which I know a lot of people are familiar with around tests. So you might have a very bright student. He does the test, does really well. After the test, the other students are going, that was really hard. Did you think it was really hard? And a lot of the time they'll lie and say, yes, it was really hard. I found that really difficult, even though they didn't, because they want to fit in with their peers and they don't want them to perceive them as different. And is it a thing, Colm, as well, that, you know, you might be gifted, you might be, you might have a brilliant brain for maths and physics at, at 14, but you're still 14 uh, in, in, yes. in other senses. I, I think that this is a very critical point that you're making there. And this is why, look, I obviously advocate for certain programs for high ability students. But I think that this is where this is very important. I think that what we need to do is to have like these students, exactly as you're saying, you might be brilliant at maths, might be brilliant at physics. They need to have opportunities with other kids who are good at maths and good at physics where they can excel in that academic environment, but equally socially, they can talk about astronomy, maybe, or things that they're interested in in relation to maths, and that that socially gives them a lot of comfort and they don't feel as isolated as they might be discussing these things in a regular school classroom where people are going, yeah. we're not interested in that, we want to talk about something else. And I think that what we would try and do... Group. Sorry, walk around any given group of 14-year-olds or 15-year-olds that you'll meet in the street and listen to their conversations. Not many of them are talking about simple harmonic motion. No, no, definitely not. So I think that what happens is a lot of bright students in that instance will adapt to their environment in the context that they'll, they'll just go into what other people are talking about and leave their interests to the side in relation to that. But what we found in the study was that some of them really struggle with this and struggle with kind of finding a middle ground that they can, you know, get on with their peers in relation to it. And it is a kind of a shame when you think of it, that if you're really talented in a particular area or you have a high interest in it that you've nobody really to discuss that with or nothing to chat about like we all gravitate towards people we have things in common with like if you like the same sports if you like the same music if you like the same tv shows you kind of have a lot of in common with them but i think in relation to sometimes with bright kids it's difficult because what their interests on mightn't be in the mainstream and therefore they probably need to talk to other people who are interested in the same things as themselves and the teenage years are a very delicate set of formative years anyway. So if it's a thing that you, you have this gift, but you can't be a teenager at the same time, a regular teenager who sometimes just wants to play football, you're, in, in future life, can that affect your mental health? Can that affect your, your, your sense of well-being in future life? It definitely can, you know. Um, the study was very interesting in the context that, look, we all want to, in, in a sense, group like high ability into one particular category and say, oh, they're all like this. But we found, like, academically, that might be the case in relation to what they're interested in on their subject fields. But socially, they were very diverse. Some were very resilient and able to deal with 
um, stressful situations and did very well in them. And that would be give them very positive mental health and be helpful for them later when they deal with stuff that's more difficult or they do things that are more challenging. But we found about 30% really had difficulties managing these situations. And they are definitely ones who you have to look out for in relation to yeah. exactly as you're talking, their mental health and their mental well-being. Because these find it very difficult to cope in challenging, stressful social situations. And, and a, a really good example is uh, was actually one of the kids from the report said, you know, I might do some, a, a research project or a test in school and I get 10 comments and nine of them are very positive and one is negative and I will spend the next week concentrating on that negative comment. You know, and that's very difficult for that person to deal with and it's, it's a, a quite a common feedback that we hear from yeah. high ability students who struggle in, in pressure environments. Although that tends to be some part of the human condition in general, isn't it, Colm? You know, we all do that. We all look down and oh, you see the one negative comment and that's the one you focus upon. In gifted kids, is that maybe more? Do they do, they do that more? I, I think they do in relation to, we've done some studies on perfectionism, you know, and that that's very common in perfectionist gifted students, that they're very focused on negative and on they're, they're incapable of handing up uh, work because they don't feel it's perfect. They can't really do stuff that's difficult because they think that they need to know everything about it and they won't kind of do something where, oh, I'll do my best and see how I get on, get some feedback and I can do better the next time it has to be perfect the first time and these people really struggle when they're in stressful or pressure situations and it, it heightened some of the studies found it's heightened in female high ability students and uh, who really want to control their environment if you understand so they get yeah. very stressed and pressured in in these situations I was just looking at that there, I'm going to move on there with you. Are there differences and has your research shown up significant differences between girls and boys in this category? Uh, in in that like you know it's it's interesting relation in relation to say your 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 your, your social awareness you know um, we would find and maybe this is anecdotal but it it actually is reflected in research is that particularly at a younger age and in teenage years girls are more aware of their social situations than boys relatively obviously there's some boys who are very socially aware some girls who aren't socially aware but the general research trends that girls are more socially aware in situ social situations than boys therefore that can have a positive effect in the context of you know understanding social dynamics and being a part of groups but for some students that can have very negative connotations because they really then are overly worried about standing out from their peers they're overly worried about uh, being different in any context and therefore they'll hide their ability in those instances they'll feel under pressure to achieve at certain levels and and that's a kind of a dangerous scenario related to that whereas you do find with boys in certain situations they're quite oblivious to the social norms related to them high ability boys at certain levels and therefore this kind of passes them by a little bit but the girls are overly conscious and therefore don't do as well in that situation for fear of ridicule or rejection from their peers so how do parents help with a gifted child in their teenage years especially what should parents be aware of 
I, th- I think that's a, that's a brilliant question, right? That's kind of our net. Like that was actually the number one finding that we came out related to what are we going to do next? How are we going to organize p- support for parents in that instance? Um, and its strategies and stuff to help them. I think a very interesting one was actually the, the author of the report, one of my co-authors of the report from America was talking in relation to their own child, uh, one of their own kids who's very talented and a, they have three boys and a girl, right? The, but the girl, they were saying that the feedback they gave to them was, I want you to do your best. This like they're both psychologists. They they kind of thought this through. I want you to do your best. And she later on she said, I interpreted that to mean I want you to get straight A's and everything, and we won't be happy if you don't. And it's mm. this kind of idea that what you're saying one thing and they're hearing something totally different. And we have to kind of be careful relation to the messages that we give to these students and also how we perceive they understand them. So okay. it's a timely yeah. thing that you're saying there. We're going to start putting on, like, say, support uh, talks for parents and strategies for them yeah, to help their, their high ability children in their teenage years. And if you're doing any of those in or around Cork, we'd love to hear more. I think it comes back to column last to say well, the point I was probably making in a very cumbersome way earlier on you might be 14 and absolutely brilliant at physics maths and chemistry but you're still just 14 yeah, I think this is what we call asynchronous development, you know, that yeah. um, you're developed incredibly uh, well academically in, yeah. in that context, but it doesn't match related to your social development and that that causes huge conflict in your life in relation to how okay. you adjust and, and do things. And, 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 and some people definitely deal with it much better than others. Okay, we really appreciate your time today, Dr. O'Reilly. It's a fascinating report and it's something we might co- come back to because there are quite a lot of gifted kids around but they're just kids at the end of the day we need to be to treat them as kids they're gifted kids but we need to treat them just as kids dr colin o'reilly director of the center of talented youth at dcu dublin city university courts 96 fm when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.